I'm Kate Kerrigan. And I'm Brian Loudermilk, and you're listening to Musical World. Good afternoon, good, good evening. evening, good morning. Whatever time of day this happens to claim Pour yourself another cup of coffee or glass of wine, because this is Season 7 of, of Musical, Musical World. World. Episode... 94. 94. Can you believe it? So, we're so glad. What a summer we had, oh, number one. Man. So many things going on here and abroad, um, and I was able to do some traveling, thanks to uh, <laughs> thanks to some, some musical yes. theater endeavors. yes. Uh, why, why don't you tell us about the latest endeavor in your, sure. well, your er, travels to earlier NYC? In, earlier in the summer, first, we were very lucky to once again share the stage with the Human Race Theater yes. Company here in Dayton at the Loft uh, for the uh, annual Festival of New Musicals. Um, last year's lineup was so amazing, and yeah, this year felt tremendous as well. I'm so pleased. And Encore's contribution this year was the uh, Midwest premiere of Ryan Scott Oliver and Matthew Murphy's 35mm. Great show. And you know, Jim, I mean, one of the great um, joys of huh, you know being in this business, as whether it's a producer or a developer or a director or whatever, is that you hope that a show that you love and you've been part of in the early stages you get to continue to be a part of. It just never happens. Right. It's right. very rare, and I, I feel very blessed that uh, it's been three years, I don't know, ago now. Has it been that long? For what? For a hot mess. No, it was It was only a year ago. Was it? was it? 2011, February of 2011. Oh, Lord, it feels like forever ago. Yeah, it does. It, it did feel it really like, But does. I looked it up, it's like, holy crap, that I was know. just February of 2011. Well, in any case. So uh, it moved quickly. It moved very quickly. Yes. Um, some, some time ago, um, Encore Theater Company was pleased to be part of the uh, development process of an off-Broadway musical called Hot Mess in Manhattan, uh, conceived by Kate Doyle and starring Kate Doyle, uh, libretto by Maggie Doyle, and composed by some of the hottest composing teams no working kidding. today, including our guest today, Kerrigan Loudermilk, who wrote a new song for the show. Uh, and of course, we helped develop it. It was a cabaret first. They came out here to Dayton. They spent a week. It was amazing. And I was blessed to be able to be brought on uh, the producing team as it uh, opened at the American Theater of Actors this August. Yes. And uh, we just closed September 9th um, for this leg ago. of the journey. And we hope that... A, a week ago yesterday. A week ago yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, it's been a, a surprising and amazing summer. And um, it's really great to be you know back in the studio uh, with Musical World. Yeah, and this and is the to first be time we've been and we've done some episodes, but right, they've been by yeah. phone because our schedules have been so crazy. That's and, right. And Shane isn't with us tonight, right? Um, because it's his birthday. So he's he's celebrating <laughs> or something. I think he's out. He's hungover from starting last. <laughs> I could be. Yeah. So uh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to Shane. Shane. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what. This is going to be quite a season, and I know we say that every year, but we're usually right, too. Yeah. I mean, it's usually quite an amazing season. So I, I'm very pleased that to uh, that our season premiere is, a, is an interview we've been trying to get for a while. We have been, I mean, literally at least three years, probably longer than that. This is season seven, so I'm going to guess mm -hmm. it's probably been four or five years. We've been trying to get Kate and Brian 
mm-hmm. on Musical World, and they have been more than willing, but it's always scheduled. Yeah, just getting schedules when, together. When they've been available, we've not been available, and vice versa. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, you got to talk to Kate last week or two weeks ago when you were in New York. That's correct. Yeah. And I think that kind of helped it firm it up. She could put a picture with these guys <laughs> from Ohio that are doing this weird show, and she's like, "Okay, they're real. We can we can talk." Yeah, to we them. like to talk to. <laughs> you know, um, what's what what what's great for me is that. Uh, I, having been able to sit down with Kate, and of course we've known Kerrigan Loudermilk work for some time. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, when, the, when did we do 20-something? That's been... Oh, that's been years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but what, what's exciting is that there's... Um, the reason why it's taken so long to get this interview is because they're busy yeah. and they're popular. And yeah. if you aren't familiar with Kerrigan and Loudermilk... I, Two things. Finish listening to this episode, and you'll fall in love with them <laughs> after song number one. Trust me. That alone will do it. If not before. And uh, please go to their website, kerriganloudermilk.com, and uh, purchase or download on iTunes their new CD, Our First Mistake. It's remarkable. And uh, you'll understand why they're so busy and why they're so sought after. Uh, so we're very, very pleased to kick off Season 7 of Musical World. This is our interview with composers Kate Kerrigan and Brian Loudermilk. Enjoy. Kate uh, and Brian, uh, welcome to Musical World. Finally, we're so pleased to have you here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Uh, we're so excited. I wondered if maybe we could start at the very beginning, uh, back to when you two met and the impetus for uh, starting to write together. Well, those are two very different questions. Um, <laughs> and I are coming up. Yeah, we're coming up on a little bit of an anniversary. This is going to be my 10-year anniversary of, of starting writing together. Oh. But um, I would say that our our first moment together goes quite a ways back beyond that. Kate, do you want to explain? We we knew each other. Um, I was it. I think we know at least middle school, but I think possibly even back um, as young as like fourth or fifth grade. Oh wow. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and they played matchmaker a little bit. 
And uh, yeah, yeah my stepmother, my stepmother fancies herself like quite the matchmaker. She's actually really good at it. She's um, she's pointed out lots of artists that I should be working with, and um, she's really smart about it. So she she told uh, Brian's mom that we should be writing together, and um, Brian decided to Listen. reach out to me, and there's this <laughs> kind of hilarious what? I listened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe out of guilt. Um, and uh, we, uh, we there's a there's a kind of amazing email exchange that Brian found about a year ago. Oh God! Um, yeah. Of the two of us deciding to write a musical together, you know, going from the like initial "Hey, how are you? I'm moving to New York" to want to write a musical to here's an idea for a musical to here's the first, here's the outline. Like, it was within a matter of weeks, both of us were just, like, in that phase of our lives where we were moving really fast and really excited and gung-ho and ready to try new things. So do you remember the first piece that you wrote together, meaning literally the first song, and sort of how that exchange happens? And I ask because so many of our listeners are writers, and I think they're sort of fascinated by how the beginnings of that process start for writers. The very um, first old would... song that Kate right. and I wrote was called Will You Come With Me? Correct, Kate? Maybe. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, I we know. wrote that awful little thing that didn't get finished. It was a little scrap from one upstairs. But um, the very first song we wrote was called Will You Come With Me? It was a song for the woman upstairs. And um, it's hard to think about what it was process-wise, but um, Kate and I were coming from two very different backgrounds. Kate um, certainly... Well, for me, at the very least, I was coming to it as a songwriter, and I had really actually never separated music from lyrics before. It was something I was just always kind of doing, never one or the other very well, but just like kind of doing both at the same time, but not actually doing either, especially well. Um, and, and Kate kind of Kate brought a English major's eye to it, and I would... And I specifically remember, like, breaking things down into stanzas, and I remember us going back and forth a lot. Um, but it wasn't until, I think, like, a year after we were writing that we had started writing together that we actually got into a place where I was writing all the music and Kate was writing all the lyrics. Oh, I see. It, we, our, our collaboration is... I, I don't even think that was... And... Yeah, I don't think even... Even in that first... In that second year, I don't think that was happening. That didn't really happen until we got to Henry and Mudge. Um, yeah. we were still very much co-lyricists before that. And, uh, and mm-hmm. especially because I was, I, I have, I've always been, um, more comfortable with, um, storytelling and story structure and lyric writing was something that I ended up, I loved doing, but it was something that I came at, um, pretty slowly at first. And it wasn't something that I thought I was going to end up doing. So the, for me, I guess the thing was that it started up so slowly that I can barely remember mm. how it started. Mm. Um, like, I felt very much like I was the playwright who was working with this composer. And you can see that in our first show all over the place. Like, there are these scenes yeah. and then there are these songs that almost don't interact with the scenes. Um, and in some ways, it's a really cool thing that we were both doing. But it was in part because we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't know how to, you know, meld everything yet. 
so yeah, um, we didn't have that over the course to of actually that. just put music and lyrics together um, and yeah. use the service of the story. It, it it takes it takes a bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, but we 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 often go back and we kind of talk about how we were lucky to have to figure that out ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that the fact that like we did some really weird stuff in those first few years of our collaboration before we actually sat down and went, well, wait a second, how do you actually, you know, actually write a decent song and actually don't try and do something weird? But, like, what's the normal thing to do? Um, that that came a little later for us. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and for me, it was really helpful to after about a year and uh, almost two years of working together. Um, Brian sort of pushed me into the BMI workshop and he was like, you have to go do this because you're, you can write lyrics. And, um, it was really, really valuable for me because I actually, I love being a student and I love being in a classroom. And, um, that was something that was hard for Brian because that's not his favorite setting. Um, it was something where I really. very valuable to me because I didn't have to be a lyricist anymore. And that was, yeah. Right. Remember that. But. I learned all of these, all of these very specific and very um, uh, traditional tools that you can use as a lyricist, and that was so great because I love having rules and I love knowing what they are, so that then when you are breaking them, you know that you're breaking them, or if there's one that's helpful to you, you use it. Um, so that ended up being actually really valuable to both of us because suddenly I was bringing in and talking about song structures. And Brian was like, wait, where did you learn that? What is that? And I was like, you were in this class. You could have learned it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes think it can be really exciting if you don't know the rules and you don't know if you're breaking them or not. It's kind of like trying to park in most places in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that sounds, you know, that, that sounds like that's what but makes a partnership uh, work, you know, certainly. Yeah. We're actually getting ready to play a song called Run Away With Me, and I have to preface this a little, that this was the first Kerrigan Loudermilk song I heard. I was blown away. To this day, I still think in contemporary musical theater, it's the single most romantic song. I'm blown away by the, the, the power of this piece, both lyrically and musically. Can you set this up, whether it's it was certainly in the show, but also from a writing perspective? Um, I, I think it's really, actually really interesting as a segue from what we were just talking about because yeah, exactly. um, we, we wrote this song um, soon after we started understanding how to write lyrics and write music and put them together and be effective with them. Um, and it was it was such a collaboration. Um, Brian came in with this really cool melody that I couldn't set lyrics to. And we ended up having to talk through it and I had to explain why. Those that like what we wanted to do wouldn't do, wouldn't work with words, and so then we started. We had to reconfigure the melody in order to have lyrics. We actually didn't even have a hook when we started. Brian just had this. I I can tell you exactly when we got where we were when we got a hook. Though it was the Starbucks that's right across from what's the hotel that has the secret burger place in it. Oh, um, uh, at the Burger Joint, the Parker Meridian. 
Yeah, it's the Starbucks across from the Parker Meridian. We were standing what? there, and like, yeah, and you and I were like talking about something totally different, and then like you, we, we were going to get coffee and go our separate ways, and I was like, wait, 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 you mm-hmm. owe me a hook for such and such, and you're like, oh, well, I think it can only be one of a couple things, and like, the, and you were like, I guess like come away with me, but you were like, no, but the the stupid what's her name song, and so, and then it was like <laughs> run away with me, or, like one other thing, and like we just <laughs> run away with me, wow. and then we got coffee and went. <laughs> Separate ways. I, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. And I've also got this amazing recording from before we fixed the melody of me being like, let me yeah. catch my breath, this is really hard, and then singing some bizarre thing after that that's nothing like her. I vividly remember the melody. That's that's what we want. <laughs> it's funny. That's right. That's good. That's good quality well, interview. What you'll material. hear now is Michael Arden singing Run Away With Me. Um, and that, that's, um, that's been actually one of our most fruitful collaborations as an actor. He's someone who I knew when we were both 18, 17, something like that. So he's someone who, um, Kate and I came up with very much. Um, and, uh, yeah, this song's from the unauthorized autobiography of Samantha Brown. And is there anything you want to set up about where it fits in the show, Kate? No. <laughs> Enough <Okay>. said. <laughs> From Kerrigan and Loudermilk, this is Run Away With Me. Let me catch my breath. This is really hard. If I start to look like I'm sweating, well, it's because I am. I'm not good with words But that's nothing new Still I have to try To explain what I want to do With you With you Run away with me Let me be a ride out of town Let me be the place that you hide We can make our lives on the go Run away with me Texas in the summer is cool We'll be on the road like Jack Kerouac Looking back, Sam, you're ready Let's go Anywhere Get the car packed and throw me the key Run away with me Sam, I know it's fast I'm in love with you Sam, it's crazy But Sam, I'm crazier For you I have these plans, Sam I have these plans Of a house that we build on a bay When we run away Let me be your ride out of town Let me be the place that you hide We can make our lives on the go Run away with me Alabama heat, sign me up We'll be on the road like some country song Won't be long, Sam, you're ready Let's go anywhere Get the car packed and throw me the key Run away with me I'm not trying to make you a wife here I'm not trying to tie you down I'm just saying there might be a life here A new one as soon as we run Just 
as soon as we run, run away. Actually, I, I have a question, and this may or may not be true, but I will tell you that I get the impression that among you know the, the school of uh, new musical theater writers, it seems like you two have a really good balance of art and business. Um, would, would you say that's true? And if if so, how have you uh, how have you been able to balance that? <laughs> well, it depends on the year. There are times where it's not balanced. Um, I would say that, you know, it's something that we're constantly struggling with and trying to figure out. And, um, you know, we both consider ourselves writers first, but, um, we happen to have an aptitude and an understanding of mostly our fans more than even business. But Brian actually has a really good head for business too. And I understand like, I don't know, PR stuff. And so between the two of us, we can, um, use that and, help and both do some things for ourselves and um, to connect with the, the people who like our music and also for other writers. And so we try, um, but it can be really overwhelming. And there have been times when we were both ready to pull our hair out because we felt like we were not making ourselves artists first and foremost. Um, and I think we're in a much better balance now than we have been in the past, but Oh, it's I mean, me, this, this is this is the only job I've ever had. Um, we had our first commission for Henry and Mudge while, while I was senior, still senior in college. Um, so, I mean, I want to say that I've been very, very lucky to have been able to do this full-time for my entire professional life. But, I mean, as much as there's been some luck, it's also been crazy what Kate and I have been through, like, figuring out how to make ends meet um, in certain years. Um, and I feel like we were able to look around this year particularly and go, oh, this feels like the right kind of stress because all of the mm-hmm. stress that's going on right now with us is because of writing deadlines and, you know, projects we owe people and um, and scripts we're in the middle of. And that's, I mean, that's the dream is are you able to just get up every day and and write? Um, and so all, and so the, the, when we have a rough year and it feels like, oh God, I remember when we launched the musicaltheater.com, like that entire year was, um, was obviously really stressful. And, um, you just kind of have to remind yourself, okay, this is all in service of being able to be a full-time writer. Well, and, and tell our listeners a little bit about most of them probably are familiar with it, but there's probably some that are not. Tell them a little bit about newmusicals.com. Well, newmusicaltheater.com totally destroyed 2009 for us now. Um, <laughs> newmusicaltheater.com is a, oh, I, we, we have like boilerplate language, but essentially, um, we, it's where we sell our sheet music and we kind of looked around and went, 
oh, wait a second, instead of this being KerriganLoudermilk.com where we sell our sheet music, we have this technology, we've been building this stuff, we can um, first be looped in five other writers, Brian Scott Oliver, Joey Connors, Adam Guan, Nick Blameyer, I always forget one. Did I say Joey Connors? You did say okay, Joey Connors. I'm trying to picture so the sorry. picture. It's impossible. When you have, whenever you make a list of six, you're up, Ben, no, Ben, Patrick and Paul, Ben and Justin. Um, so we, um, we, we decided we could put those people in and since then we've added about like 30 other writers. Um, and it's an independent sheet music site for selling new musical theater. And, um, it has been a, um, it has been a real source of pride for us and we're really proud to, um, we're proud of the way that it's brought some people together. It's certainly brought some writers into our lives who we wouldn't have had contact with any either, um, otherwise and i don't know it's been kind of cool it's also been like a bit of a nightmare of like <laughs> learning how to have a little street music company right right but, um, i imagine yeah but it seems like taxes an... and bookkeeping are horrible mm-hmm. things right right yeah, yeah. Question. i would not wish those on anybody <laughs> yeah, n- necessary no. emails, certainly so we're we are we're, we're prepping to play a uh, song called say the word um, another piece I love. Can you uh, set that up for us a little? Uh, yeah, that's from the same show that uh, Run Away With Me is from, it, uh, the unauthorized autobiography of Samantha Brown. Um, and it's, you know, about a 16-year-old girl who's uh, in love with a boy and has been sort of protesting a little too much, and now she is um, trying to say what she really means. Um, and it was once sung by Miss New York in the Miss America pageant. Um, it was, right. it was, Mar- it was introduced by Mario Lopez. It was. Right. Little fun fact. <laughs> but, um, right now the recording you have is sung by Vienna Tang, who's a friend and an incredible singer-songwriter. Um, and I would say as a little add-in, that one of our favorite things that we've gotten to do, especially over the past few years, um, is collaborate with some singer-songwriters and some really exciting non-theater musicians in covering our songs and in little writing projects. So um, this collaboration with piano was especially exciting for us. From Kate Kerrigan and Brian Loudermilk, this is Say the Word. Sometimes when I look at you, I don't know why you'd wait. Schoolgirl in a little world who learns everything late. I've always had all the answers, now I don't have a clue. Some nights when the clouds are thick and the wind starts to blow, I stare out the window wondering where I will go. I turn the light out under the covers, all I think of is you. Just you. Say the I just might listen Say the word And you might get your way Loving you should be easier But say the word And I might have to stay 
This is Angie B, vocalist of Love Spirals and hostess of the Chillcast and the Chillcast Video Edition. Each week, the Chillcast brings you a sophisticated mix of pod-safe electronica, world beat, smooth jazz, and soulful pop music that's just right for chillin'. Plus, weekly music videos, monthly CD contests, extended DJ mixes on holidays, and the occasional artist feature. Plus, many specially cleared artists. Some say I'm the queen of chill, and many say I have the sexiest voice in podcasting, but I'll let you be the judge. So come kick back, relax, let me soothe you and groove you on the chill cast. Come check it all out at my official site at AngieB.com. See you there. So your first CD, which all of these songs uh, are, appear on, uh, is called Our First Mistake. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about uh, why uh, musical theater writers need CDs now. What's the purpose and what's the goal? We see a lot of that happening now. I don't think musical theater writers need CDs. Um, I think that we were musical theater writers well before we had one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, I think that we spent as much time thinking about making the CD as we thought about not making the CD in the years before it. There were there were several years that we were writers and several years that run away with me and say the word were out there that we kind of resisted doing it, actually. Um, because for us, the end of the road isn't a cast album or isn't, isn't um, a compilation recording. It's a cast album. And more than that, it's the actual 
physical show. Right. Um, so it was actually with a little bit of heartache that we finally decided that, you know, actually these songs need a, you know, they, they need some kind of actual recording. I mean, there, there have been YouTube videos and actors use those as a reference. Um, but you kind of want to, at some point after a song's been gestating so long to actually kind of put it out there and go, okay, this is the version of the song. Um, but the real, the real like gateway into doing this album came as we started to reimagine those songs as we had, you just heard, um, Deanna Tang's version of Say the Word, which is very different than what Say the Word is in the show. And um, there are a couple songs like that on our first mistake that um, we did some, something very different in the arrangement. We have someone singing it that we wouldn't norm, ordinarily work with. And I think that became an entrance point where the CD doesn't, you know, fit in lieu of the shows, but it's something mm-hmm. that kind of fills in the cracks and then kind of hopefully enhances what the songs are in a musical theater context. Um, but that's not really answering your question. Uh, I don't know. Kate, do you have a good answer for that one? Why it's, why they're necessary? Um, I don't know. It's, it seems like at a certain point, every, it's a marketing tool. I mean, you can, you can make it more artistic than that, but the truth of the matter is, is that, if you, it's sort of similar to selling your sheet music. You want people to know about your work. If you're making something, you want people to take it in and use it. And as much as you can put your sheet music out there, as much as there are YouTube videos, and we owe a great deal to both of those things. Um, and we, all right. Yeah. Um, and, and we're really lucky, but, uh, but at the end of the day, like we got a, and we would just get a ton of requests for, things to be on iTunes and we weren't going to put something on iTunes that we couldn't stand behind. Um, you know, we, we weren't going to try to put like demo recordings on there. So we started thinking about the possibilities and I think there's a lot of writers, there's a, there isn't a change that's happened in off Broadway and there isn't a financial structure that works right now. Um, Ken Davenport has a blog and he talks about this a lot and he's really smart about the ways in which he talks about it. He's also one of the only people who has actually successfully made any money off Broadway. Um, but it's a really tough climate for that. And there's still in musical theater more than in plays. Um, there's still a model of going from the top down rather than the bottom up. Um, you you need the in order for something to get licensed in order for you to get productions in small places um they want you to have uh, a cast album they want you to have a uh, a licensed show that was off broadway or on broadway and there's this prevailing theory that that's the way you do it and financially it's just not viable anymore um you have to do something else and so one of the ways you can get your name out there is through YouTube and I'm founding a sheet music. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but the other way you can do it is by making an album and saying these songs exist and they're and they're not only they're not only on YouTube, but we're professionally recording them and they have they have weight and they have merit. And so then hopefully that creates a situation where people want to do your shows. Um, because that again always is the ultimate goal. Well, for yeah. those who are listening who may be weighing that very decision, if there is, in fact, a Kerrigan Loudermilk, our second mistake CD, would you uh-huh. uh, name you know one, two things that you would do differently um, in, in production? Well, 
I can answer that very specifically, actually, because we are in production right now for um, the live album that we promised our fans when okay. we did our Kickstarter campaign. So mm-hmm. we are um, we're we're in we're in post production on the live album, and the main thing we're doing differently is that it's live recordings. Uh, and the second thing we're doing differently is we're not doing it completely ourselves. We partnered with Mike Croyder at Della Sound Lab, um, so that hopefully um, it will be less like we spend an entire year making a CD and more like we write musicals for a living. Um, <laughs> which, again, that's that's always the goal, and it sounds so simple, but there are so many other things that one has to do when they have a career in the arts, and obviously none of what I'm saying is new at all. This is something that I think writers and musicians always struggle with, but um, you really have to fight to carve out that time and that space for yourself mm-hmm. uh, when you get to escape from, you know, trying to sell your work and actually just make your work. So that's that's certainly a goal with the next album and certainly for whatever comes after that. Can you set up Not a Love Story for us? Uh, that song is from a show called Tales from the Bad Years. And uh, that show has a lot of um, sort of self-contained moments. And then our, we are working on it right now, and we're hoping that it will ultimately all come together and, and create something pretty exciting. Um, but this is one of the more self-contained moments. Um, and it's about, you know, lost love and youth. Um, but I think the really exciting thing about this song was uh, that we ended up having, uh, we ended up meeting one of our idols, um, Kelly O'Hara, and she agreed to sing this song for us, and that was a total dream. And the other dream was that we uh, got to work with our one of our favorite um, orchestrators, Ruth Coughlin, and that was really exciting. So this is the sort of their brainchild as much as it's ours. Since we're gushing, it's Christian Abel on violin, Peter Sachin on cello, and Vadim Feichner on the piano. Fantastic. Uh, you can find this recording on Carrie and Loudermick's CD, Our First Mistake. This is not a love story. It's not a love story. It's not a coming of age. It's not the kind of thing you put into a play. It's just a small story. Just two friends, all grown up. It happens, it happens, it happens one day. One day. We saw our breath, oh, it was hardly winter. A passerby would say he'd seen it all. And they go and change. It's-
It's not a love story It's not a coming of age It's not the kind of thing you put into a play It's just a small story Just to friends all grown up It happens, it happens, it happens Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. There's any question. Holy cow. I saw her in uh, the South Pacific Revival and was blown away. Completely blown away. So good. Oh, she's just so classy. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I'm she is in real life, too. 
So, uh, she's what, a nice person. Oh, really? oh, let me. I, I should tell this. I um, we we paid our singers a whopping like, I mean, a very a very pitiful amount of money for each of the each of the songs. All right. But I, I wrote I wrote her her check, and she ripped it up in front of my face. Oh. <laughs> I'll you. you know, that's, that's a, good a good feeling when you can do that. Well, certainly. I, from, yeah, right? Right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I look forward to the day when I get to. <laughs> right, yeah. We'll call back and let us know, right, how that feels. Yeah. So what does the rest of 2012 and 2013 uh, have in store for Kerrigan and Loudermilk? Oh, gosh, it's crazy. There's a lot well, going on. I mean, most important, yeah. Where, let's see. Okay, we're going to Duluth. We're going to where else? Um, <laughs> um, maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll start from Michigan. Michigan. Oh yeah, we're going back to we're going to Interlochen. We're, go, we're so we're doing a couple master classes and um, and a few productions of Tales from the Bad Years. Yeah, so I'm actually going back to Interlochen, which is so cool. When when are you going to Interlochen? Um, we will be at Interlochen third. Something what? like December that. December third. December third. That's, okay. that's fantastic. That's uh, that's hop, skip, yeah. and jump for us. I, yeah. And and wow. I have a cottage. That's where I've been all week. That is literally oh, 15, no kidding. Fifteen miles from Interlochen. I grew up around. Oh there. my no god. Kidding. Oh, I love Interlochen. Did you ever, yeah. did you go Maybe we will hit you up for a place to stay. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I spent uh, uh, part of the uh, summer there. Nice. Yeah, it's it's so well, wonderful there. It's great. That's where yeah. that's where I met Michael Arden. That's where I met my my best friend, now fancy opera singer Zach Altman. That's um that's where I started actually being a writer with it in Rockin. Um, so now we'll come back and meet some of the kids, and I assume they'll be in uniforms, and we'll try not to think <laughs> too, too much about that. <laughs> right. Uh, freaking awesome. Right. They probably still have the uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, so we're doing that. Um, we also have. Um, we're also doing something kind of exciting in Philadelphia in March. We're doing um, something connected to the Philadelphia International Festival of the Arts. We're doing. Uh, we're collaborating with Jay Wall and the Kimmel Center to create an immersive theater experience in the Kimmel Center lobby. Uh, so that's really exciting for us because we're both. Um, it's from northeast northeast Pennsylvania, and I'm from uh, Philly suburbs. So Philly is Philly is home, right. and uh, this will be our first professional theater experience in Philadelphia, right? Kate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. really cool. So that's March, and um, yeah, some other stuff. And we're we're going to be doing. Uh, I think we're doing a release concert for our album uh, that we still have to, we're still studying the dates for that. Um, but we're probably doing that outside of New York, and then we're going to be doing um, a, a concert in New York later in the in the spring. But we can't announce that yet either. Right. <laughs> really cool. um, yeah, of we're course, if you want to find out the latest, you just go to KerriganLoudermilk.com. That's Always. also where you can pick up our first mistake, uh, and you can get it on iTunes as well. Uh, please check that out. Kate and Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, and, and yeah, before you. you go, tell everybody what uh, they can, where they can find you on Twitter or mm-hmm. Facebook and mm-hmm. that stuff, because I know you're pretty active on uh, on Twitter as well. 
I gotta yeah, tell um, you guys, it's mostly Kate. She's so much better at it. Uh-huh. I decide it'll be a moment where I'm just like, oh, I should probably like tweet this, and I'll sit there and I'll just stare and I'll think I don't understand. <laughs> like how like put this in 120 characters. Uh-huh. I just can't do it. It stresses me out a lot. Um, but yes, we we tweet at um, Kate and Brian is our handle. Did I say that right? And we're, mm-hmm. and we're on and we're on and we're on this this, this Facebook thing. Um, it's yeah, pretty easy to find us if you Google us, and um, anything all of these things will show up if you if you use the trusty old Google. I'm sure we're well. under, Unfortunately, when you Google us and our website comes up, it says something about getting bank loans in Kentucky. Oh. You were <laughs> yes, it does. You were yeah. like six months ago, yes. and between like eight Ivy League graduates, no one can seem to figure out how to fix well, and, and I have to, to say that if you go ahead and trust it and click on through, it's a great looking website. Really, really well done. It does go. It does work if you click on it and you trust. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, great. And what we're going to do... Unless, of course, you are looking for a Kentucky bank loan. Right. Then you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> In which case, you're mm, just going to be disappointed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, on our way out, we're going to be playing last week's alcohol. You want to set that up? Yeah. Um, that's from. That's also from Tales from the Bad Years. Um, and it's very much a standalone piece. Um, and it's sung by Matt Doyle. And we have uh, a guy from a guy named Daniel Amana from the Triptychs. Um, he did the drum beat, which is really cool for us. And I would say it's one of my, it's one of my personal favorite tracks from the album. It was, it was sort of hard, hard won and hard to make happen. And, uh, it was a dream of ours to do something with, um, with electronic, with an electronic, uh, groove and, um, play with that world. And it's about house, and it's about, and it's about a house party that feels like the end of the world, um, which is, we think our favorite kind of house <laughs> A perfect play out. Our guests today have been Kate Kerrigan and Brian Loudermilk, and this is Last Week's Alcohol.
This is how it feels to fall The weakness, the sadness, the sirens, the madness The pounding in your chest Like you're racing the street in an ambulance I'm watching you I'm watching me I'm watching us face is that your scheme
I'm scared of this. Well, I'm scared too. Guys, thank you both. And I gotta go. I gotta go eat some apples and honey. Thanks for tolerating the technology, and we appreciate it. And we will let you no, know when you everything is up. All right. Yeah, no good. problem. Thanks. All right. Have a good night. Uh huh. Take care. Bye bye. This podcast is a member of the Blueberry Network. Blueberry. No ease. That's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Blueberry.com. Blueberry.com.